0: Everybody. Welcome back to Trouble the Horror Movie Podcast. I'm your host Chris. With me, as always, we've got the illustrious Steve. How's it going, Steve?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing, bud? I'm oh, not too bad.
0: Not too bad. I'm just uh, just getting so tired. Or just uh, It's been a long week. Getting back into the swing of things and then, yeah,
1: I on vacation yeah. for a bit, so...
0: Try yeah, to get back into yeah. reviewing the movies, you know, some good, some bad. You know how it is.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to sit through Man from Toronto, so, yeah, I know how it is.
0: <laughs> I I didn't watch that for review, and then uh, someone's like, you should watch this movie, and now I feel like I want to watch it, but also I'm hearing that it's not great. I'm like,
1: oh, no, I don't know. It's so bad, and I'm pretty sure there are special effects in it that are unfinished.
0: Yeah. Oh, probably wouldn't surprise me. It's a Netflix movie. They're probably like, "It's fine. It's good well, enough."
1: And it's not even fully a Netflix movie. It's it's um Sony, Sony was had it ready to come out as a theatrical release, and then balked on it and sold it to to uh, Netflix. Because I, I I just saw it. Because I mean, we get the emails from uh, our Sony rep of the release dates, and he said, and "I got one email is like wipe." this from the release dates and then all of a sudden i saw it was coming out this month on netflix and i was like oh okay weird yeah
0: well there's that i have not seen it but apparently it's not great but not surprising uh and then also this is as always is taylor how's it going taylor
2: it's going pretty good i'm not sure what man of toronto is about but it sounds kind of boring it's a man from Toronto okay it's
1: an action comedy it's kind of like trying to be like the hitman's bodyguard and stuff like that but it's um it was originally supposed to be kevin hart and jason statham and then it became kevin hart and woody harrelson and harrelson's not a step down but neither of them have any sort of comedic timing together whatsoever Mm. and it's just really painfully obvious
2: is there some significance to it being in Toronto or?
1: No, it's all these hit because uh, Harrelson's a hitman only known as the man from Toronto. But of course, he's part of this organization where it's like, that's just the name of these people. Like, there's the man from Miami. There's, oh, yeah.
2: Okay, okay, okay. The
1: man from Portland. Like, there's all just all these different killers that are just from different places. That's their yeah. code names.
2: I feel like Man From Toronto is not necessarily the scariest uh, hit man name ever, but, no. you know. I think so. I just
1: think it's the only city in Canada that your average American can think of. <laughs>
0: okay, that Vancouver. <laughs> they'll be like, Vancouver's like Seattle, right? Like Yeah, yeah sure, why not? Close but enough. we're still
1: secondary in people's minds when you go outside of Canada.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it would be scarier if he was like Man From Saskatoon. That sounds yeah. pretty scary.
1: Man from Moose Jaw.
2: Ooh, yeah.
1: I recently watched
0: for the first time the movie The Stepfather, which is fantastic. <laughs> Terry, O'Quinn Terry O'Quinn plays yeah. uh, psychopathic stepfather, but they filmed that in Vancouver. They keep saying it's like, oh, it's Seattle, when it's like I saw signs that said like Oak ridge blah blah blah, and I'm like, <laughs> you fucking trying, trying to slip by me here? I know it's
2: <laughs> close enough, you know.
0: But uh, that's a movie we should cover on this podcast at one
1: point. Yes for sure the second one has carolyn williams in it
0: oh Ooh. wild i have not seen the second one i just saw the first one but it was it was fantastic although the brother of the uh first family he kills or whatever is like the most manic person in any horror movie ever he's just like
1: running <laughs> on the whole movie
0: but uh we're not talking about the stepfather um yeah we're talking about some I don't know how to describe this double feature. It was just weird and wild.
1: Yeah.
2: Vacation horror? I think. I think yeah. in the both of the movies they're on vacation, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can. Go and on. it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't even really consider either film really horror.
2: Mmm. Thrillers, see that.
1: sure. Yeah. But horror? no, I don't. I don't. I don't like, especially the vanishing. I don't consider it horror.
2: The scene at yeah. the end, I would consider the scene at the end it has a it, that's a horror ending, but yeah, oh, everything sure. else is definitely more like mystery, yeah, like more like thriller
1: yeah. and uh they duped the actors too for the the finale of vanishing because they had filmed the one where um what's his name gets arrested,
2: oh really? yeah, oh, that's kind of that's fun. I like that um.
0: Yeah, this is the movie this week, The Vanishing, and uh, this was a first time watch for me, uh, and uh, I'm, I was like, this is this is a bit of a slow burn here. Like it took mm-hmm. a sweet time to build up to uh, the big reveals and all that. And by the time that revealed, I was I was a little like, I don't know if it was worth the journey, but
1: <laughs> it does it, it does yeah, because it's like a slow burn character thing. Um, with characters that don't have a lot of depth to them, mm-hmm. um, it's just very kind of surface value. And yeah, I could definitely see how people could be turned off by this movie. It's definitely it's a hard movie to watch late at night. I will tell you that because it's mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a lot happens. But it's still, it's crazy that the audience reaction to this like this is this is on uh, the thousand and one movies you must watch before you die. Um, at one point, Entertainment Weekly listed as one, uh, one of the 25 scariest movies ever made. Um, yeah, there's, there's just there's a, a weird pull to this movie. I mean, it's a Criterion film, um, yes. which is kind of like the one of the top echelons of film that you can get. Um, and it, it's, it's widely celebrated. I think, I mean, it was remade in 93 with Jeff Bridges, but it feels like it could be remade as a Nolan movie. Yeah, I can Ooh. see that,
2: yeah. And the, the remake has a, a different ending too, right? Like it yes. has more like a Hollywood ending where yes. he gets like saved at the last minute, I think, or something yep. like that.
1: Yeah. Can't find it anywhere though.
2: Oh. Interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. That's how these things go nowadays. Lots of the win. Never seen.
1: Absolutely. One. Absolutely. Streaming. Can't They, they can't <laughs> sign any deals for streaming and all of this stuff. Like I was just really happy that I was able to find the original film on Criterion Channel.
2: Yeah, that's, that's
0: where I watched it. I was like, signing up for a trial. They're like, you want to stick around? I'm like, probably not. I'll be honest. You guys don't have movies so I would probably watch them on the regular, but thanks. <laughs> um, but what is the vanishing even about? Well, they describe the film at least in the summary as a suspense horror film set in a small coastal hotel- town. Oh no, that's the wrong. You know what? That was the one for dead and buried, and I just realized that. Well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean Which has I mean, more correlation to Race with the Devil, our second film that we're gonna do, but Yeah. I mean
0: I'm totally fine with talking about Dead and Buried again, but
1: <laughs>
0: probably have more to say on that than this movie, but okay. Uh, so yeah, the vanishing. Okay. Uh, Rex and Saskia uh, are enjoying a biking holiday in France when stopping at a gas station, Saskia disappears confounded Rex searches everywhere but to no avail three years later he's still obsessed with finding her pleading his cause on television putting up posters and ruin his new relationship with the process eventually an unassuming chemistry teacher Raymond approaches Rex inish or uh imitating or I guess saying like he basically knows what happened yeah um yeah and that's that's the fantasy um yeah I didn't really buy that Rex would be that obsessed with it. I don't know. Like, that was the big crux of the movie. And I'm like, I kind of feel like you would just move on at a certain point.
1: I don't know. And, 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 and kind of, he has. Mm-hmm. At least romantically and sexually, he has. Yeah. Um, I, always,
2: I always saw it as like, at least when I watched this movie, I thought it was like, oh, maybe... Because there's that whole opening scene where he, like, leaves her in the car and she's like, don't leave me, don't leave me. Mm -hmm. I always thought as, like, maybe there was something in his head that was like, well, maybe she didn't get abducted. Maybe she left me. Maybe she abandoned me. Mm -hmm. And that that was his whole back and forth. I mean, I was also making that up in my head because that opening scene, I kind of was like, oh, maybe she did just take off because she was pretty upset with him and, like, kind of wouldn't let it go.
1: Well, like the fact that she wasn't just upset; like she was scared. Yeah. And he's like has this smirk on his face when he's walking, and she's freaking out behind him.
2: Yeah, and and it's if like, they hadn't, what
1: the fuck, dude.
2: If they hadn't revealed to the audience so soon in the movie that. <laughs> there was a kidnapper, yeah. then I probably would have been going back to in my head being like, maybe she did just fucking leave. Maybe she was that upset that she just walked away with his keys and like abandoned him in France, you know? Yeah. Um, but they, they bring out the kidnapper pretty early on and they make it very obvious that this guy is kidnapped or, or has kidnapped people or is kidnapping people. So that mm-hmm. kind of put that to bed. Yeah. But.
1: So well, that's
2: what I got from it at least.
1: I, I mean, there, there's, I, I think the, 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 the bright points of this film are very subtle, mm-hmm. um, like him getting his family to scream to kind of test the sound and stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah, like
1: that was fucking just just batshit crazy, and I I feel like the 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 work on on Raymond uh, Lamorne alone was the fascinating points of the film,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, especially like he's a normal. Blue collar family man.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. and I like that one scene where he is final. It is finally revealed how he kidnapped Saskia, and which is she- a
1: great scene. Yeah, it's so scary. It's just to have that camera on her eyes for that entire sequence is so like effective.
2: Yeah, but like his his whole. Family man persona. Like she sees that picture of his family mm-hmm. in the car, and that's why she gets in the car. And I'm yeah. like, oh, like it's so creepy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and then there's like all the failed. The... <laughs> this movie had a weird comedic or dark comedy tinge to it as well, mm-hmm. because there's a couple scenes where he's like practicing how to put the chloroform on the cloth as he walks around the car. And then there's the other scene of him he tries to get a woman to help him get into the car to hook up his hitch and then when he gets over there there's a dude there going really you can't fucking lift this it's so light and he like smacks him or something like that like it's so it's almost comedic those couple of scenes um and everything else is just so like man this guy kidnapped and killed someone
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um yeah and then like I don't know the ending of this movie was pretty fucked up, too, with him having the coffee, and then he wakes up. And you know what it reminded me of? There's a really... Well, uh, wasn't that great. Uh, Ryan Reynolds' movie where he got buried alive.
1: Uh Buried. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 There's also one with uh, Charlotte Copley. Uh, open grave. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, there's... Sad to be said for being buried alive. I don't know. It still freaks right. me out. I'm like... Mm, <laughs>
2: They obviously didn't watch that Kill Bill movie before Getting Buried. No. no. You just have Wiggly to learn how to do that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I like, too, like, at the end, how it's got, like, the newspaper talking about, like, the double disappearance. and hmm I don't know. It's just not a good... It's not a happy ending. And I kind of like that, you know? Yeah.
1: Su- super downer. And, yeah, I think that's... That's its effectiveness. And that's... I, I also think that the real world like there's nothing far fetched about the film, and mm-hmm. I think that's what's also um, chilling about it is just how unassuming a lot of it is. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's what I pulled from it. Like, because uh, this is this would be this is my second watching of it. I haven't seen it in a long time, probably like twenty five years. But yeah. Um, yeah with with uh, with the distance around it uh, that's how i felt about it. it it plays into real sensibilities and stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. and also people's mistakes as well yeah. like rex is f- completely flawed as a, as a as a human being and then he pays the worst price for it and then he's trying to make up for it i really think that at the end of that's what that's why he's holding on to trying to find Saskia is his guilt.
2: Mm, yeah,
1: because yeah. he was not a good dude to her. Yeah,
2: no, he's kind of a dick,
1: right? So he feel he definitely feels he doesn't feel any complacency in her situation whatsoever. He feels responsible for it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, when was the first time we all watched this movie? I mean for me it was the first time watched so it was like this past week
1: but... yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. me as well my buddy showed it to me in the mid 90s um because okay. I had already seen the the remake
0: and mm.
1: uh I didn't know it was a remake when I saw it so it was just kind of like to kind of fully around the whole thing
0: mm. okay um alright got a couple emails here or a few emails uh ben says raymond is a complete sociopath i love it he has no motivation except to hurt people makes mm-hmm. it all the more disturbing Oh uh, yeah
1: yeah you know i'd say so because he's happy he's got a good life he's got a good home like yeah. the kids are like bright and shiny and happy and everything the wife is fine mm-hmm. though there, there's some things with the wife that like even the screaming scene, she looks nervous to do it. Yeah. She looks like she questions the motive, but then she just kinda gives in yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Um She
2: kinda looks nervous in every scene that she's in.
1: Yeah, there's gotta be some more depth to that that she knows more about Raymond than she's kinda letting on. But yeah. um uh yeah, it's it's a f- like like I said before, like the the fascinating thing is how how much on on his shoulder that they put you with Raymond yeah
2: uh
1: and yeah to see the process and everything is even freakier i think
0: yeah
2: well and and like everyone around him if they do suspect something they just assume he's having an affair they don't Mm -hmm. think like oh this guy's going out and like trying to find people to kidnap (laughs) it's always it's always just oh are you are you is there someone else you know
1: Is that part of that European sensibility where it's like, we couldn't think of anything more dastardly, so you're probably sleeping around? Like, it's more construed to be sexual than it would be anything else sociopathic?
2: Maybe. I mean, he does have that one line that's something like, I'll be the only Frenchman who's ever seen only one woman or something like that in in the movie, which I thought was kind of funny.
0: Yeah. I also like, too, that he is a chemistry teacher. That was, like, sort of a nice touch. Like, you could tell that while like, the students were working on the thing, he's probably working on some poisons or shit like that. So, I don't know. I, that, was a, that was a nice little touch where I'm like, of course he would be a chemistry professor. You know?
2: <laughs> French like, Heisenberg.
0: Yeah, he's like, let's uh, make Sophie, so whatever. And then he's like, while you're doing that, I'm going to make a poison for later. Like, <laughs> n- nice little touch to his character. Uh, that made it even more
2: chilling. Just, just going to make myself some chloroform to test on myself later. No big
1: deal. Yeah. <laughs> the self-test I thought was so fascinating.
2: Yeah. And another thing that was almost like... It almost made his character a little goofy. Like, mm. like, he's just sitting there. And then he's got that whole scene where he's practicing how to speak English so that he can say that he's trying to hitch his trailer up or something. Like, we get so many of these little insights into his methods, almost. But in a way, that's... Like, it's disturbing, but it's also kind of lighthearted. Like, he's just practicing an everyday, normal thing and not practicing to kidnap someone. Yeah. It's very interesting.
0: Yeah. It just, as a character, I find Raymond to be very interesting, even though Rex is the protagonist. I actually was more interested in Raymond than Rex.
2: Yeah
1: cuz yeah. Rex is, Rex's is only his whole personality especially 3 years in is just about his search for Saskia like yeah there's really nothing more to him than that he's kind of like a blank piece of paper
2: yeah, yeah. i i'm almost interested to see like cuz he was i guess dating someone new 3 years later mm. like i have so many questions how did they meet how does how does she not know he's just obsessed with this and she didn't leave earlier you know because obviously this has kind of become his life
1: mm-hmm. so
2: it's it's interesting to me like how he managed to get this entire second relationship going when he's been so obsessed with his other one this whole time yeah but yeah exactly yeah I mean. it's it, we we get so many character insights into the kidnapper and none for him and that it, it, I it would have been kind of nice to have a little more to his character but yeah
0: mmm all right. Uh, next email, we got uh, George says, this movie is based on a book. I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to try it anyways. Het Guten I also known as The Golden Egg. If you haven't read it, highly recommend it.
2: Thank mm. you. I love reading things that are movies are based off, so I actually will. And I think it's not like a full novel. I think it's like a novella or something, so okay. I, I might actually give that a go and see what it's like.
0: Uh, I'm illiterate, so re- reading is lost <laughs> on me. I barely know how to read the notes for this podcast, and that's about it. So. But I appreciate the recommendation. No, I, I just, I, I have no time to read. I, I wish I read more, but it's always just like, oh, I guess I gotta watch the newest episode of The Boys. So much for your reading today.
2: <laughs> I'm too intrigued. I love to see. The differences between books and movies and how people uh, like adapt things for the screen so i I i'm very interested and i will probably put that on my reading list awesome especially when it's like shorter things i don't have to invest in like a (laughs) novel or a series or something you know
0: right okay uh and then kayla says thoughts on the remake never seen it couldn't tell you
2: yeah i know what the internet says about it which is that it is not good, and apparently, Jeff Bridges has a weird accent in it.
1: I love Jeff Bridges, though, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll,
2: I'll,
1: I'll even give movies like RIPD a little pass because Jeff Bridges is great. Oh,
0: that's rough, <laughs> that's rough, that, that's the real test. RIPD, I remember that movie. Um,
2: Steve, do you remember what your uh general feelings were on the remake when you first saw it?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was I was like a like a teenager then, so um, I think like it was kind of like the the movies I was kind of into um, that I really liked was just kind of like those dusty road thrillers and stuff like that. Because I mm-hmm. around the same time, I think I saw that Stacey Keach and J- Jamie Lee Curtis Australian movie Road Games. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years after that, Joyride came out. Um, and it's just like uh, there's uh, Black Dog with uh um Patrick Swayze, Breakdown with Kurt Russell, um, and it just kinda I they, they kind of melded into the nineties was kind of full of films like that, California. Um so I, I don't think there was enough to make it like it rise above better films. Mm. Um, but I still enjoyed it. It's 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 still a creepy story, and it's also got Sandra Bullock in it. She's the one that disappears.
2: Oh wow! I didn't know that actually. Yeah, lots of big names in that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, Sandra. This is this is post Love Potion Number Nine and pre Speed, so she wasn't as like a star yet.
2: Okay. Mm. Cool. Um.
1: And Kiefer's the bad guy.
0: Oh, that's that's wild. I can see him yeah. though. He, he plays a good bad guy though. Just in general. Yeah. So. I love
1: Kiefer. Yeah. Big fan. I, uh,
0: yeah. I always love, uh, I think it's like a Gilmore Girls year in life. They're like, mm-hmm. he's like, oh yeah, can you invite my buddy to the wedding? key for Southerly? Sutherland? They're like, wait, you friends with Keith or Sutherland? He's like, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, the translation of the book is the golden egg.
0: Yeah. To
1: golden make it egg. easier. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm sure there's an English translation too, so... Um. Okay. Well. Uh. Best line in this movie. Um.
2: um kind of there were.
0: There's no zany one-liners in this movie.
2: No. no, I I put down like the couple of goofy scenes that I liked. That was like him, at in the car at the their other house up in the mountains or wherever that's supposed to be, where he's like practicing putting the chloroform on the rag and walking around and like altering his like little speech that he does and practicing how to lock the door and then throw the chloroform on like there there was some like goofiness to that scene that i really liked um and then there was the scene where he's like he meets or he's like in the street and he's asking women like Hey, can you help me? I need help to find this place. And the lady recognizes him. And then she says something like, Ah, take the highway in any direction. I was just at this place. It's full of foreigners. Stop at any gas station, you'll find hundreds of women. And there's no danger of being recognized. And I was like, is this lady giving him kidnapping advice? Like, I need to know what's going on here and why she just walks away after that. Like, it's no big deal. Like, hello. But... Other than that, it didn't really have anything else that was, like, super stuck out to me. Um, maybe some of the stuff that happened at the end that was really creepy, but I was invested in that end scene, so I forgot to write anything down. Fair.
1: <laughs> There's a line that Rex has that I thought was really telling about him um, and his kind of duality, which is the, um, especially when it comes to Saskia... What between obligation or if he actually loves her and he says sometimes I imagine she's alive somewhere far away she's very happy and then I have to make a choice either I let her go on living and never know or I let her die and find out what happened so I let her die
0: mm-hmm. yeah um, there was like a little dialogue exchange where they were talking about their or her Saskia's nightmare about being inside a golden egg and it just seemed very insightful, even though I wasn't quite uh, sober-headed enough to figure out what it was that they were being insightful about. But it felt insightful. And I just liked the, them talking about this egg flying through space. I was like, okay. <laughs> Sounds really nice. I, again, might not mean anything, but uh, i want to—I want to believe it does.
2: The eggs are the coffins.
0: Yeah. It's like... They're talking about like the eggs not colliding and I'm like, wait, does that mean they're that when she vanishes? Like this uh, is that something to do with the eggs? And yeah, it was a whole thing. Um Okay. Uh best uh, performance. I mean, it's gotta be um the guy Raymond. that plays Raymond, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just so fantastic. Like and I've never heard of this actor before. I don't I haven't seen anything else he's in, but he was just so good in this.
2: So. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I, I think he was I mean, he obviously got the most screen time, so it's kind of not a competition at that point, but yeah. yeah. His little mannerisms and everything were really creepy.
0: And he hasn't been in much else. Like this is the most well known thing he's ever done from all accounts.
1: So mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Although he has a ton of credits on IMDB, so He's he's done a lot, but just for whatever reason, nothing really landed as much as quite like uh, this movie. So, uh, best kill is there any?
1: There isn't any kills in Technically this movie. That not, I know. Right,
0: of. like yeah, Rex is buried underground, so we can assume that he's gonna die, but we don't see it happen. So, mm-hmm. I'm gonna yeah, help...
2: that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say I I was just going to go with Rex because, yeah, we don't even get a scene of Saskia dying or anything like that. It's just off-screen. So, I was just going to say, Rex? <laughs> yeah.
0: I presume that Saskia was killed the same way being buried alive. Yeah. Hard to say. Because I would imagine with someone like Raymond, like, he probably has a mod- modus operandi. Like, he probably kills people the same way so in my mind sasuke died the same way but don't know for sure but yeah I'll, I'll go with rex i guess he's the only default answer even though you know again you don't see him die you i i assume he he there's no way he gets out of that but who knows maybe he pulls a kill bill just punches it in the right spot
2: <laughs> for a second when he had the lighter out i was like "Ooh, light it on fire and then i realized he would just burn himself to death but that was an idea i had and i thought maybe it would happen
0: yeah uh dumbest decision
2: um i i mean i was gonna say getting in a car with your partner's kidnapper that seems like not a great idea
1: yeah that seems yeah especially after boot-fucking him on the ground yeah. <laughs> yeah like he was laying into him those kicks were pretty solid man the, the 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 kind of weird slap punches to get him onto the ground were a little eh, questionable but once he got him on the ground and he was just booting him in this st- i'm like eh, that's that's effective yeah i just feel like his crusade for saskia is misguided like he hadn't compartmentalize why he was doing it for what reasoning he was doing it for was it for his own psyche or was it the fact that he felt that he needed to resolve the situation for Saskia because I don't feel like any of it was for Saskia
0: right
2: yeah it's performative
1: at a certain point
2: I kind of wish they had gone into that a little bit more and like maybe given Rex a little more screen time to kind of see like we do see that he's like like, he is obsessed with it, and obviously he can't let it go for some reason, but we don't, yeah, we don't really get a good idea of what that reason is, and it, it kind of makes it a little harder to buy into this three-year crusade that he's on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess he is getting correspondence from the kidnapper, so that would probably maybe help a little bit, but I, I don't know. It, It almost doesn't seem like, like, maybe he should have just let it go after three years, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um. I think. I think it's time to score of this. What's everyone think for a score?
1: Um, I'm gonna give it a seven. So, uh, sorry, seven and a half. I'll give it. Um, it paled a bit on rewatch, just because, um, probably maybe because of just like the timing that I was watching it, but it feels very slow
0: yeah, and
1: misleadingly slow but I said that I mean that ending comes together so beautifully though
0: oh 100% yeah I, I give it an 8 I, I think it's good but yeah it's it's a little I don't know unremarkable is probably the best word for it like it, it's good but there was never any point where I'm like that's super original or that's super cool or you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, it doesn't even really embrace being a horror movie. Like, yeah, you can argue it is, but, like, it's not a slam dunk. Like, obviously, this is a horror movie. It, you know, I, compare it to other, like, similar kind of movies. And, like, I don't know. I, I don't know why I was making this comparison, but I thought of, like, Misery when I was thinking of this. And I'm like, this movie could have been more like Misery. Like, there could have mm-hmm. been a bit more scenes with Raymond being like a complete sociopath but you don't really get that it it kind of robs the movie of being overly interesting because it's like oh like it's raymond and rex hanging out and eventually rex figures it out but it's too late and then uh like yeah there just wasn't enough oomph there for me to make it overly interesting but it was it was a gorgeous movie and well acted Mm -hmm. so i mean on that level it's good but yeah a incredible
1: funny. framing in this film yeah that, that, that's why it gave me that nolan feel like and it's funny because nolan had ha, i mean has adapted a, 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 some swedish film before because he did insomnia mm-hmm. and i feel like when he was picking what he was going to do because he kind of had carte blanche to do what he wanted after uh, memento's success um and warner brothers snapped him up and to do what he wanted and I, f- I feel like The Vanishing had to be in like the hmm maybe because they both films have the same type of feel um, if you've seen the original Insomnia with uh, Stellan Skarsgård they both have that same kind of slow burn flight, uh, flighty character work to it yeah. Um, so yeah I, I really even I, maybe it was just like a early 2000s, mid 2000s, but, uh, I would be really interested to see a Nolan version.
2: Hmm. Yeah. I almost feel like, I think, I think seven is, is uh, the score I'm going to go with for this. I definitely feel like they could have played up a bit more of like the mystery of it. Cause like Rex has this photo where he thinks he sees Saskia and the kidnapper in it. And, um, I thought that was going to be more of like a plot thing where he like takes that photo and tries to do something with it or um I don't know he's like sitting at that cafe where he's pretty sure that the kidnapper can watch him from and I yeah I, I just feel like we missed so much more of Rex's side of things that could have maybe made this more of a mystery I guess where the the audience or the viewer is also taken a little bit along on Rex's side a bit more I feel like that would have made us sympathize with him a bit more and be like well yeah he's he has to do this for some reason, you know, we understand him more. So we understand why he's going this far with his obsession. Mm. Um, and there was just kind of something missing there, even though I did really like uh, the character of Raymond. Well, not like the character of Raymond, but like we got to see a lot of him. And I think that's kind of what made the movie and the ending. I think the ending also kind of makes the movie what it is. Um, so, yeah, seven feels right. I kind of wish there was a bit more mystery just to kind of play with the audience a bit. Uh, and and maybe have them you know i i kind of just wish i was a little more invested in some of the characters but but yeah i i still liked it It it's still a seven yeah
0: like i don't regret watching this movie it was it was still a good time i just i do wonder like what this movie would look like remade nowadays because i feel like it would be a lot more interesting like if they Mm were to up the horror and make it a little bit more of an identifiable horror movie it could be really good um. so cool alright Um. yeah Steve where can people find you on the internet uh,
1: I am uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Dead. you can find my website stevestabbing.ca and I am on uh, the shift every week with uh, Shane Hewitt Thursdays 11pm pacific time uh, I was behind this week so I didn't get uh, it was my wife's birthday, so I didn't get to see um, either the theatrical releases last week, so I am a little bit behind. Um,
0: I will say you're not missing much.
1: Well, I I, I really want to see them both because I've, I've heard bad reviews and good reviews of both. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing, just getting my own personal view of it. Mostly I'm looking forward to the Black Phone. Black
0: Phone's um, good. I will say I did enjoy that. Um, it, it... I
1: love the atmosphere of it. And I love Joe Hill's writing, so... And Cargill... I think Cargill and Derrickson, like, seem to get it on a really great level together. I I, I really appreciate... I've always appreciated Scott Derrickson, but I really... And, and one of my favorite follows, uh, I really love Robert Cargill. Yeah. He's so great. And he's so... help. Like, when it comes to the process and stuff, he's so massively interesting, because he always... He always will kind of give insight on what the process is, especially with him and Scott's writing.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm interested that The Black Phone is actually not a terrible movie because I've been getting so many ads for it on all of my social medias. And sometimes when I get that many ads for a movie, I'm like, okay, this is probably just some dumb generic horror movie that they've, like, pumped out. And now they're really trying to market it to get people to see it. But if it's actually good, then I might actually see it.
0: <laughs> I I will say as having seen it, like, in my opinion, what makes it so good is that, like, it really does kind of paint a picture of what it's like to be a kid in a very specific circumstance. And then you have like the grabber, which is the the big villain of the piece. But like, it really, it it kind of reminded me a bit of like it chapter one, not the terrible chapter two, Mm -hmm. uh, Hmm. where like you get to, you get a real good sense of like what it's like to be a kid. Um, So Hmm. yeah, that's
1: awesome. And that's what the point is. I believe. Yes. The, doing this story from the point of view of uh, yeah uh, of somebody so innocent and stuff like that and that's what I really like about the trailer and stuff especially with um, the missing flyers and everything of all the, the kids that have been inducted and everything I, it's just such a beautiful setup and I mean and I, Ethan looks utterly terrifying in it and I think that's so great
0: mm-hmm. okay uh, yeah Taylor where can people find you in the
2: Um, when I exist on the internet, I exist on Twitch and Instagram. My username is Techronomicon, and I update movie scores, uh, mostly for the movies we watch on the podcast, on my Letterboxd. My username is SirSianic. Nice. Uh,
0: I'm over at 3 I took a week off because I was on vacation, so... Yeah, that was wild. Left the, uh, the inmates to run the the crazy house, and, uh... (laughs) No, it wasn't too bad actually. It was, uh, if anything, it was actually very interesting to listen to my own podcast and not being hosted by me. And I was like, "This, <laughs> this is wild." Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Back this week, uh, yeah. And I reviewed uh, both uh, Black Phone, which I enjoyed, Elvis, which I despise on every level. It's, just, <laughs> I, I tried so hard to like that movie, and it's just I can't so. Uh yeah. I I still would argue, no matter what you think of that movie, that you have to at least agree that um Baz Luhrmann was not the best choice to make this movie. Like whatever you think about the movie, I think the general consensus is that yeah, he was not a good choice for it, so. Um yeah. And then uh I'm on Twitter, film critic I'm usually ranting about something. And then uh, Letterbox, Fatal Koala. I I do keep up to date with the movies that I watch, and uh, I've even had people be like, I, I posted some reviews of some horror movies I watched randomly just on like Shutter or whatever, and people will, like comment like, when are you gonna cover this on Triple? I'm like, I, I, it's on the list. I'll add it, sure. Like, I watched Head of the Family. That movie's insane. Steve, have you ever seen that movie? I I'm assuming you have.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: What do you think? What do you think of Head of the Family?
1: Um, it's it's honestly, I don't really remember it. <laughs> I know I've seen it, but I just like it. Just kind of, you know how some movies you just it's just like you try to bring it up in your head and it's like Arrow four hundred four not found.
2: I,
0: <laughs> I could see Head of the Family being like that. It's uh, it's a very wild and dumb movie about uh, a redneck couple that tries to. Uh, Basically take advantage of this family, but they're all mutants. And, uh, like, one of them has a big giant head, and he's in a wheelchair. (laughs) And it's just bizarre. He's the head of the family. Yeah, literal head of the family. So, yeah. uh, yeah. To all those people that comment and say, cover this on Trumbull, I I do see those.
1: Yeah. uh, I remember the movie looking very hazy to me. Like, the cinematography is super weird and hazy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was definitely not not traditionally uh, cinematography wise.
1: No. And there's like nobody's in it, right? Like there's I, I think it's like the, the guy that did it was did he he make like trancers or I think or, read it, yeah. What the fuck's his name? Um he has it's either he had a hand in trancers and i want to say puppet master okay like the original like we're we're talking the og shit yeah i, I just don't i got to look it up now there you go charles band
0: oh yeah yeah
1: yeah that's what his name is Actually, yeah he was a producer and he does all these evil bong movies now
0: yeah which is great
1: what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> what a
0: weird career, man! <laughs> they actually had the guy on the last drive-in past Friday, and he's actually oh, okay. a very interesting guy. I was actually like, I respect this guy. He's he's insane, but I respect him.
1: Yeah, he did do transfers. Yeah, William Cat, and he also did Pre Hysteria, <laughs> the, the dinosaur, the kid with the dinosaurs movie. Amazing. Dollman man versus demonic toys what a crazy career this guy's had
0: Could you just imagine being this guy he's super rich he owns like some castle apparently and really? just sits around and he's like yeah you know what we should call the next evil bong evil bong 88 <laughs> even though well, there's not what? an 87th evil bong movie why not the,
1: the last thing i remember from did you ever see um clapboard jungle uh, Justin O'Connell made it. He he's a he's a filmmaker out of Toronto, um, and uh, he basically made a movie. Uh, as he was making an independent horror film, he was making a film about independent making independent film and stuff. And he gathered. He has so many people that I mean, Guillermo del Toro talks on it. Uh, Michael Beant. Like like the list goes on and on and on. Um, it's the last interview. On like film interview with George Romero's in this movie, but uh, yeah, Charles Band is in that movie and talks for a bit too. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, if you're interested in, in in film, like in film production and everything, then I highly recommend Clapboard Jungle.
0: And like he uh, on the last drive, and he got into like movie distribution and ownership, and like how like he he always prioritized like getting the rights for his own movies to distribute. So. Stuff like that was really interesting. So,
1: owning your own shit is always the way to go. I mean, look at yes. Kate Bush right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, she's pretty happy about that. Ghost Ranger.
1: Massively. Like, when she published that sh- that song, in the studio- the the record label was not involved at all in the ownership of it. It's all Kate Bush's. So, when it gets used later in movies or gets covered later by different bands, it's all her.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, until next time where we talk about race with the
2: devil, bye for now.